What is up, everybody? We are back with our podcast. This is not a win podcast. This is a podcast me recapping basically the first half of this NBA season for the Minnesota Timberwolves, in which they finished 20 and 22 in. So technically, I mean, we played 42 games. We're one game over the halfway point, but I didn't record this before the Grizzlies game, which we lost. So I am recording it now, but basically, we're about halfway through the year. I'm going to recap it with a bunch of thoughts. And let's get right into this. So of course we got to talk about the record for a little bit. The Timberwolves are twenty and twenty-two. I put out a record prediction podcast months ago. I think I put that out like a month probably before the season, and I like in our roster stayed pretty much the same. I don't think we really made any additions at all after that. Like we, I think at that point we already had Prince, we already had Beverly, um, so our roster is basically the same, and there wasn't many moves around the league, and I had us around the same range. Uh, at this point of the season, I thought we'd be maybe a few games below 500 because on paper, that schedule was just really, really hard. And it, it was. it was We had one of the hardest schedules in the league. And, you know, we're 20 and 22. So I, I think it's a solid record. I think it could be a lot better. But the record is solid. I, I, that, I'm, I'm fine with it, though. This is where I predicted, I do think we will finish above 500 at the end of the season. We have an easier schedule coming up, and we just, you know, we came off of a few recent easy games off our four-game winning streak. But yeah, next talking point, it's been a roller coaster of a year. There's just been tons of streaks. We had that six-game losing streak at the beginning of the season, or it was a five-game, I can't remember. But then we had that big five, six-game winning streak. Then we went another losing streak, and then another winning streak, and another losing streak, and another winning streak. It's kind of been like that this year. You know, we haven't really had many stretches where we win a game, then we lose, then we win, we lose. It's just been streaks of wins and streaks of loses. I mean, losses. Currently, we're on a two-game losing streak, hoping to change that tomorrow against the Warriors. By the way, for that game, Stephen Curry, their best player, is out. So that's going to be a pretty big impact for that game, but I can talk about that game a little bit later. But the, it's been a roller coaster of a season, roller coaster of emotions. Uh, either we are you know, training up. I think we, we've been all the way up to the five seed after. Like, we were the three seed for like a week, and then we dipped down, obviously, and then we, at one point in the season, came back up to like the five seed. Right now we're the nine seed, but we're very close to the five seed again. Um, so we'll see. I'll talk about it later, see if we can build back up there at some point. By the way, we were one of the more affected teams by COVID. There was a lot, there was a decent amount of teams that had a lot of, you know, players with the COVID like us, but we weren't I wouldn't I'm not saying we were the most affected team, but we were one of the most I don't know how many teams can say their three best players were out with COVID and uh, and all at the same time too. Um and we had a tough schedule at the time. We didn't really have any easy teams that we could have played, like maybe like the Thunder, where we could still manage a win. Like we had tough teams to play. We played the Jazz, I think, twice when we had those guys out. Um so uh, we were affected by COVID a lot. If we didn't, if we were not as affected, like if we had a little less cases, we could maybe be like twenty-one and twenty-one right now, or twenty-two and twenty. Um, and 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 the difference of that one game is us being the nine seed compared to the seven seed. So that one game is pretty big right now. But yeah, COVID definitely hurt the team a bit, and now we're you know starting to stay more healthy, especially you know just non-COVID wise. Most of our guys got covid and honestly i'm glad like i don't of course i don't want our guys to get covid but if i had to choose between them getting covid at that point in time 
compared to like the end of the season, I would definitely have chosen then. I don't really know the likelihood of them getting COVID again this season, most of those guys, especially guys like Cat, who's had it twice now, you know, Ant and D'Lo. I don't know when it's really possible for them to fully get it again, assuming they're, you know, being safe and not like just trying to get COVID. Because if they're trying to, they maybe could again. But if they're trying to prevent it, I don't know if they'll really get it again this season. So that's good news, I guess you could say. Um, but yeah, we were definitely one of the more affected teams by COVID this year. So I didn't really want to save this topic to the end of the podcast because I just want to talk about now the juiciest part. Are we going to make the playoffs? Is this a playoff team? Oh, my throat just made a really weird noise because I just drank some milk. Um, but um, is this a playoff team? And I, I think it's a playoff team. The West is super open. Like, if the Wolves win tomorrow against the Warriors, we are the seven seed. Like, it's that open at this point. It's the the West just seems so weird this year. A lot of dysfunctional teams. There's a lot of injuries happening. So it's like, I don't see why we couldn't make the playoffs. I do think there's a there's a big chance that we're involved in the playing tournament, but I think we can win games in the play playing tournament. Um, but right now, we're very well positioned to bounce up. I mean, if you look at the whole grand scheme of things, we're only three games out of the five seed right now. So I, I, I think it's very probable and possible that we will climb back into the playoffs here. It's just, you know, all about, you know, staying healthy and doing all the right things. I think we need guys to play it better. Uh, like, you know, guys like Beasley, I'll talk about him later. Uh, these last two games, like the Pelicans and the Grizzlies games, we definitely should have closed those games out better. I haven't really noticed us, you know, poorly closing out games for a while until those two games. I don't know what was happening in those games, but we just did not close them out properly. So that definitely is a big thing to look at. Obviously, we need to stay healthy. If we can be generally healthy through the rest of the season, I have no doubt in my mind that we will make the playoffs, but there's always the possibility of somebody getting a big injury, a big impact player, and that could really set us back. I mean, even a guy like Noel, look at look, look what happened. Um, I guess it was against the Grizzlies, right? Yeah, it was against the Grizzlies. Probably the worst bench game as a season as a whole. Our, our bench just played absolutely horrendous, and Noel wasn't healthy. He was He's the main scorer off the bench. Our bench scored as a whole 13 total points in like 5 of 26 shooting. And that was pretty much the difference of us winning and losing that game was the bench production. Um, like, we were winning the game if the starters were in the whole time against their starters. But obviously, you're not going to do that. You can't play your starters for 48 minutes. They're going to get tired as heck. And they just aren't physically able to do that. But that was the difference of that win. And if we would have won that game, we would be the seventh seed right now. And we'd be at 500. But obviously, you know... We can't say that because it didn't happen. Um, but that's just the importance of staying healthy and just even the, the, the rotation of players, not even the stars. If they can stay healthy throughout the rest of the season, we should make the playoffs. Um, but we'll see what happens. We do have some injury-prone players on the team, so it's a hard thing to you know be sure of. We got to talk about who's going to make the All-Star game from the Wolves. That is coming up. Obviously a massive event, and it's being held in Cleveland this year. Um, I, I do think we have two players that will make it. I think Carnthony Towns, no doubt, will make it. I think if the Wolves are in more of a playoff spot, top eight seed, and his play you know, stays up, and maybe he just performs better than he is right now. Like Now that he's playing bad, 
but if he continues to uptick on his production and just has a few more really big games, I think he should be an all-star starter. I think Paul George would usually have that spot, but he's been out for forever, and the Clippers are probably going to be below us here soon, so I don't think he would deserve it. Um, but I think Carl Towns should be getting heavy consideration as a starter. If not, 100% of he's, he's There's no way Carl Towns misses the All-Star game. He will be in Cleveland this year for the All-Star game. And the other player I have making is Anthony Edwards. Now, I'm not fully predicting him to get like voted in or like make it off the bat. I think he will come in as a reserve because there's going to be a few players out with injuries, and I think he's one of the next guys up. So I do think he'll be in it. I mean, DeAndre Russell back in the 18-19 season, same thing happened for him. He did not make it on the first cut, but then he made it as an injury replacement, so technically he was an all-star. And I think that's what Ant will do this year. And obviously for other players, I think Shy. Uh, I mean, Shea, Gilbert Alexander would probably have that happen to him too, and a few other players around the league. So, yeah, I think they'll both make it. Maybe DeAndre Russell can make a really late push, but he's going to have to play so good. Like, the Timberwolves have to go on a big winning streak, I feel like, because obviously voters like the players who are in more winning teams. Like, if Shea, Gilbert Alexander was on a winning team, no doubt he would have made the All-Star game last year and this year, but the fact that he's on the Thunder just really pushes him down. Um, as they are the 14th seed right now, and they had a really, you know, terrible year last year too. But yeah, I, I don't know if DeAndre, he like even if, even though he's been having an All Star impact this year, the numbers aren't there, and people won't like not everybody watches every single Timberwolves game, so if you don't, it's hard to understand how valuable Russell is to the team and how much of an impact he actually has, and for those reasons, I don't think he'll make it. Again, unless he completely like trends up and plays like one of the best players in the NBA over the next few weeks before the voting closes, um, if that happens, then yeah, he'll make it. But we'll see what happens. I think Cad and Dilo both make it though. I meant to say uh, Cad and Amp, by the way, not Cad and Dilo. Now the biggest talking point for Wolves fans right now, and probably me too, is what's going to happen the trade deadline here because that's a big decision. I think the Wolves, like uh, you know, Sachin Gupta report is. He wants to. He's pursuing to upgrade the roster, and I love that. And I do think we'll make a trade. Now I'm not saying we, you know, make a massive splash by trading for Harrison Barnes or, uh, you know, Miles Turner. But I think we'll make a trade. Don't really know what it will be, but I do think there is a very there's a likely chance. I mean, not, I wouldn't say extremely likely, but there's definitely it's in, it's in the likelihood of, of it's in the realm of possibility of us trading for Harrison Barnes or Miles Turner. Miles Turner, one of the best shot blockers in the NBA. We want him specifically for that. He's a nice shooter too, a uh, big man. Probably able to push Cat to the power forward, because I don't really think we'd bench Miles, and obviously we wouldn't bench Cat. And then Harrison Barnes in a really good shooting forward. He'd probably play small forward for us, and I think either Vanderbilt or Beverly would have to come off the bench. Don't really know which one of those two would probably be Beverly because we need playmaking off the bench, and. I don't know. I feel like he'd be more accepting of that role, and I think he'd be. I think we'd, he'd be utilized more with that role, and we'd benefit more off of the, you know, him using that role. But if we can make one of those trades again, there's just no way this team doesn't make the playoffs if one of those dudes is acquired. Because it's not like we're shipping off an insane talent for him. Like at most, we're trading a guy like Malik Beasley or someone around that realm. I don't think we trade Jaden McDaniels for those guys. Like. It, it, it doesn't make sense to do that. He's so young. He's got so much potential. Um, and he just he's on a very small contract also, so it's hard to move that. Unless you you know put Torian Prince there as the cat filler. Because Torian Prince, 
He's got fifteen million dollars in his contract for this year, and he's an expire. He's a you know a, a expiring contract, so he'd be a cat filler in most deals. But the mock trade that I made for Harrison Barnes, which I don't think the Kings would dislike, maybe they add a little something to it. But I I think this is a good trade for both sides. The Timberwolves get Harrison Barnes, and the Kings get Touring Prince, Josh Kogi, the Timberwolves twenty twenty two first round pick, top eight protected, and the the Timberwolves 2022 second round pick via the Wizards um and then after that if we if we did this trade the Timberwolves would actually still have two second round picks uh, we we have three second round picks I, I and this in, in coming into the season I remembered us having two but I forgot we had three actually we have our own and then we've we have the Wizards pick and then I we're, I don't remember where we got that other second round pick from I really don't know I might have to look it up after this because we have our second round pick and the Wizards, and we got that Wizards pick from the Cavs trade, like the Ricky Rubio trade. Um, but yeah, I, I'm, I'm super intrigued to see what we do with the trade deadline. I do think we make a move, and I hope we do. I think we need a little more size. We need more rebounding, paint protection. That would all be nice. Maybe even add a shooter. We need shooters off the bench because uh, I'm going to talk about somebody who's been disappointing this year as a shooter off the bench in this next segment. All right, we got to talk about Malik Beasley, and he's been a, a, a hard talk about as of late. If you guys have been listening to all my podcasts throughout the year after disappointing performances, I, I, I'd always say, oh, there's still hope. You know, I, I, I hope he can find it at some point. I still have hope. My, my hope is really dwindling at this point. Like, I don't know if he's going to figure it out. I don't know what's going on, but he's somehow found a way to look worse throughout the season. And I don't even know how that's possible. Like, he's just, his season has just been terrible. I mean, he, I don't know what happened. It was probably the off season. You know, he was in jail for a few months. Um, that's That's got to be it. And I actually messaged with his chef. And I, I, I'm not posting this on anything else. This is, if you guys read, listen to the podcast, this is like exclusive information. But he was telling me that he hasn't been eating as much from him. He hasn't been uh, doing as much trainer workout he like because apparently last year that his trainers were with him like 24 7 and that just hasn't been happening this year and he used to break down game film after every game that just hasn't been happening this year i don't know if it's a motivation thing um positively i, I think he's improving as a person off the court i gotta give him some credit for that i think i haven't seen a lot of stuff like with um his son i think he's focusing more on that and if that's the case i think that's fine i don't i would never you know have a like I never I would never tell a player to focus more on game field over their kid so I wouldn't say it's a bad thing that he's not doing as much but it could definitely be a reason why he's not playing as well I obviously I don't know how much he's watching game film or just how much he like how much like how oh, I, I keep stuttering my words I don't know how committed he is this year compared to last year but I'm hoping it's the same um I just I don't know when he's gonna get back into his rhythm I don't know what's going on. His shot just looks so funky. I don't know if it's the new basketball and he's just not used to it, but, I mean, he's got to be used to it by now. Maybe he's just in his head, and he just never thinks he can make it. And before every shot, he's thinking about the shot too much. I don't know what he's got to do. Like, he's had good games this year, and he's shown flashes of what he usually is. And usually when he's playing at his best, he's talking a lot of crap. And I don't know why, but I just think he needs to do more of that. I don't know why. 
well, he, he usually plays really well when he's talking smack to other players and on like Instagram and stuff. I feel like he's got to go back to that. I don't know why, but whenever he's just talking, it works out. When he's when he's the quiet guy, it doesn't really seem to be working. I think he needs to bring back that mentality. Um, and he's had games like that this year, like both games against the Jazz. He was talking a lot in Utah, especially the fans, and he was just popping off both those games. I don't know why he doesn't do that more. But as my buddy James Adams says, he's definitely the definition of losing player. When he's at his best, you're not winning like ever like have you guys ever noticed when Beasley has very good games we never win I think when he scores over 30 in the last two years we haven't even won a single game when he does that which is insanely weird but when when he's asked to be you know the guy and step up we just never win um and even if he fills that role we just can't because you can't win when Malik Beasley's your best player and I think that's obvious though I mean that's not just Beasley really because, I mean, he's not expected to be a guy who can carry a roster like that. But Beasley's got to find it. I mean, he was shooting 39% from three last year. He was unreal for the Wolves. Like, I'm just skimming over his stats right now. He's shooting the same amount of threes per game this year compared to last year. The difference is he's shooting 34% from three this year compared to 39% from three last year. And if I look at the two-point percentages, he's shooting... A lot less twos this year, which makes sense though, because we've been we've had guys healthy last year. He was asked to do a lot, um, so that makes sense. But the, the dip is the percentages, which which doesn't which doesn't make sense. I feel like if you're shooting at a smaller volume, your percentages should be higher. Um, like last year, shooting forty eight percent from two, and this year he's shooting forty four percent for two. His efficiency has dropped off by five percent. Last year's fifty four, now it's forty nine. His free throws dipped off eleven percent. But, I mean, he really hasn't been going to the line at all, so the, the sample size there is not too big. Obviously, his points have dipped off a lot, but that's, you know, kind of expected. I just don't know what what he has to do to get back into this rhythm, but he's got to find it because the, the truth is, if Beasley can find himself and we can have consistent, healthy pieces around him, I, like, the, the impact a, a good Beasley makes on this team is unreal. If he can be a guy who shoots 40% from three off the bench and is playing like himself. If he would have been doing that this year, assuming even COVID still hits us, I, I think we would be maybe 26, we'd maybe like 26 wins, 27 wins. I like he's like that, that's the difference between so many games, what he can do. But he just hasn't been doing that. Like I think we could literally have won six of the games that we've lost, maybe five, something like that, around that range. If, if he would be playing like him his last year self um but obviously that just hasn't been happening i don't, I don't want to say i have much hope left because i've been saying it so much but he's got to find it at some point he's on a massive contract the reason why like if you guys have ever wondered why beasley doesn't get benched for games it's because he's getting paid 15 million dollars like i mean you could say oh yeah prince is still he's also getting paid 15 million dollars but he gets you know playing him like he doesn't play some games that's because Prince doesn't, he's not signed with the Wolves next year. His contract's over. Beasley's got multiple years left on his contract. So it's not like we can just bench him this whole entire season, then he's gone in the offseason. Like, that just, it doesn't work like that. He's got multiple years left on his deal, and he's getting paid a lot in those years. So it's like we have to help him shoot his way out of this extremely long, month long slump. And I hope we can at some point. 
Now, I wanted to specifically talk about this player for a whole segment, just based off I just pure effort. I think their effort as a whole is something I've never seen before, um, and I, I just have to give him a whole segment of credit for it, and it's Jared Vanderbilt. The impact he's made on this team is just insane. I mean, the rebounding is crazy. Like, we can talk about his flaws a lot. He does have a lot of flaws, but he's not really asked to, you know, use those things that often. But he's been phenomenal. He just recently had a career game against the Rockets, too, where he dropped 21-19, and almost a 20-20 game. He had career highs in both points and rebounds. Um, but he's averaging over nine rebounds a game this year, over three offensive rebounds per game, which is unreal. He's getting more offensive rebounds than Cat. He's getting more offensive rebounds than any single forward in the NBA. He ranks eighth in the NBA in offensive rebounds per game, which is unreal knowing he's a forward and he's not a center. Um, just that, that impact as a whole is insane. He's like on the 98th percentile of guarding you know top players in the NBA. He's been phenomenal defensively. He's been a good, not really a lob threat, but we can find him for a lot of dunks. I mean, he had like seven or eight dunks against that Rockets team. He's a good cutter, screener. Um, like, there's definitely things he needs to improve on. Obviously, his hands aren't good. He can't shoot. Uh, free throws are shaky. I, he's improved on it this year, but he's still, I mean, he's kind of shown that he hasn't improved as much as we thought with how he's been playing recently from the free throw line, but he's definitely improved. Um, but I, I, we got him on a bargain of a deal. He's only getting paid $4 million a year, and we've got two more full years left of this dude on that bargain of a deal. So I'm super hyped for him. Phenomenal player. I think he should be making an all-defensive team, maybe not a first team, but all-defensive second team. He's got a, you know, a phenomenal resume for that, and if there was an all-NBA hustle team the, the, you know, for the five most... The, the, the five players in the NBA that hustle the most. There's no way he wouldn't make that. Um, but just massive props to him. He's been a big role in a lot of our wins this year. And he just, he's the definition of doing the dirty work. He's been boxing out insanely. And then he somehow doesn't let players box him out at all. Um, so I, I just love this dude's effort overall. And I just can't wait to see him improve throughout the years. I mean, Think about it. If he can, you know, find a little bit of it. Like, he's got two years with us to do this before he gets, you know, signed again. He's an unrestricted free agent. Like, I don't think it's impossible for him to find a little bit of a shot in two years. I don't think it's impossible for him to become a nice free throw shooter or, you know, get good hands and better coordination these next two years. Like, two years is a long time. Like, he has the rest of this season the full off season, the rest of next year and that off season until his last year with us. And uh, I mean, obviously that's not like completely the last year of us. We can re-sign him after that, but assuming if we, maybe we don't have enough money, but we, we have his bird rights by then. So it wouldn't really matter if we have enough money for him or not, unless we really want to get somebody else. But I mean, the improvement that he can make from now till the last year of his contract, there's it, a lot and I, he can become such a phenomenal player. I really, really think the Timberwolves should re-sign Patrick Beverly this offseason, and the first 42 games really reflected that. I would definitely give him something in the range of like a two-year, $20 million deal, which will pay $10 million uh, you know, every year of that contract. I mean, just the culture impact as a whole he's made has been super valuable. And that doesn't even talk about the on-court presence. I mean, 
before he came back from COVID, I think he's been a little off since he came back from COVID on the offensive side specifically. But offensively, he's been a lot better than what I thought. Maybe the shooting numbers aren't there, but he's had a very consistent floater throughout the season. He's been a great passer. He can rebound pretty well for his size. And the defense is there always. I mean, he's won us games, multiple games, because of how he, like, this is lockdown defense. He won us. He was a big reason of that Portland win. He completely shut down Damian Lillard that game and just dom- dominated in the clutch defensively. Um, but he's, you know, had, he's had ex- playoff experience. I do, I, I reported a report saying that he wants to, you know, stay with us long term. And if that's the case, let's get him on that long term deal. I think two years makes a lot of sense. He's a little older. That's why I wouldn't, like, go up, like, a four year deal with him. But I want him to re-sign with us super badly, and I would definitely be willing to send him a nice amount of money. The GOAT lineup has worked out really well this year. Um, I believe they still have the best net rate in the NBA, and I believe for like 11 and 14 or 11 and 5 when we use it. That lineup entails Beverly, D'Lo, Ant, Vando, Cat. We'll see how that works out tomorrow night against the Warriors. I'm hoping that lineup can win us the game tomorrow. Also, Carlton Towns, DeAndre Russell, we're 18-2 when both of those dudes play. Um, so obviously we're, we're, we're an insane team. We're six games above 500 and both those teams play. And that, you know, we have a, we have a 60% winning percentage when they both play. Um, this is like, I wouldn't think about this too much, but if they've, if, if you just take that, that eight and 12 record and we put that in the standings, that team would be the five seed, but obviously there's, there's so many teams that could be like, oh, but if this player played all those times, um, or if both these players are healthy, they, their, their team could be boosted up too. But we're a top five team in the Western Conference when both those dudes are on the court uh, based off that record. So, I mean, if, as long as those dudes can stay healthy, I do think we can make the playoffs. And that, doesn't even, that doesn't even include Ant. I'm assuming the record's even better when Ant's playing too. But he, he hasn't really missed time except for that COVID stint. So that's kind of why I don't really include him on these things because he just never misses games. That like five-game stretch where he was on the COVID list is like the, is literally the only time he's missed games in his career. Um, and I, it was so bad to see him miss games. It was just so weird to watch him. Like just talk about that for a little bit. I, it was so awkward. The pace was so slow. The excitement was completely down except for when Cat had some really big plays, especially that Lakers national TV game. Wow, that was actually very exciting. But, and it's just so valuable, this team, the pace. He's been phenomenal, by the way. Um, he's shooting 37% from three on 8.8 attempts per game. I just made a big Instagram post about it. He should be an all-star. No way does this dude not make it if there are injury reserves. I wouldn't be completely disappointed if he doesn't make it straight up. But if there's multiple injury reserves, this dude's got to make the All-Star game. Like, even if people, you know, don't want to participate, he's got to make the All-Star game. There's no way he doesn't. I wish Anthony Edwards was interested in doing the dunk contest. Obviously, he's not. Uh, He's talked about it a few times. He doesn't think he's ever doing the dunk contest. He just says he likes dunking on people. And that makes sense because when he's in transition and he's got a wide-open dunk and he can just do whatever he wants... He just usually does a simple dunk. He doesn't really do anything crazy. The only time that the only thing that comes to mind uh, is that windmill dunk he put on the Sixers when he had the open court. But other than that, he just you know goes for a simple 
uh, not that hard of a dunk unless it's like a high energy play. But yeah, I, I I can definitely I don't think he's lying at all when he says he probably will never participate in a dunk contest. Oh, he just doesn't really like those things. Just likes dunking on people. But yeah, Ant's been phenomenal. Timberwolves had one of the hardest schedules in the NBA. They got one of the easier ones coming up, especially the month of February. I kind of like it when I look at it. I think that's where we can really get some wins going. Um, we have an easier schedule in that month. I think this month of January is still kind of tough. Like we got the, the Warriors. The thing is, though, the Warriors have tons of players out. And we got the Knicks and Hawks coming up after that, and those teams have been struggling. Then we have the Nets. Potentially Kevin Durant might be out for that game. He just went out of today's game with a knee sprain. After that, we got the Trailblazers. They've been horrible this year. And there's a few more games January. But then you go to the February schedule. There's a little bit of a tough home game against the Nuggets. Then you got two games in a row back-to-back against the Pistons. Then you got two games back-to-back against the Kings. Then you got a tough game against the one-seed Bulls. Then we got a Pacers game, Hornets-Raptors. Uh, Grizzlies, Sixers, Cavaliers. And then you go to the next month. Actually, this this March month, other than the Warriors game that we play in, we play the Thunder, Trailblazers, Trailblazers again, Thunder, Magic. That five-game stretch is a definitely foreseeable five-game win streak that I could predict. And we got the Heat, Spurs, Lakers. Like, the schedule gets easier. It's still a fairly tough schedule, but it's definitely a lot easier than what we were seeing Uh you know, so far this season, like, there was a massive stretch where we basically were just playing playoff teams, like, especially the month, month of December. At the time, the, the Wizards, when we lost to them, were one of the best teams in the NBA, and they kind of fell off. And then we played the Nets, the Hawks, Jazz, Cavaliers, Blazers, Nuggets, Lakers, uh, Mavs, Mavs, Jazz, Celtics, Knicks, Jazz. Like, we, we had a very tough schedule at that point in time. And it's definitely getting easier now, so that could help us out. But yeah, I'm, I, I'm hopeful this team is a playoff team. I'm not disappointed really where we're at. I'm I'm okay with it. I wouldn't say I'm extremely happy either, but I'm just, I think I'm, I'm kind of happy that we're not terrible. It's, it's awesome to think about being in contention with the playoffs. We haven't really thought about that in multiple years. So it's good to think about that. There's no way in the world that we missed the play-in tournament, so at least we'll be in one of those big games. Um, but yeah, playoffs, I think the Timberwolves should make it. And that will wrap this podcast for season half you know, review. In a few months, probably I'll do a season review, and hopefully it's a good episode, and hopefully we have playoff games after I record that episode. But yeah, thank you guys so much for listening. I'll see you guys next time. Peace.